this is me talking to see if I'm coming in good. I will keep talking until I'm told to stop talking, and I can do that for a while because I like talking. Talking is when I make noises come out of my mouth. Epic Turn is a podcast about the hobby gaming industry, what we love and hate about it, how it's evolving and changing, and other things that as gamers we're passionate about. Your host are Brian McLemore, that's me, and Tim Aldridge. Welcome as we take our next Epic Turn. Well, we're here for another episode, Brian, and uh, we have actually another special guest on the show. We do. We do. It's Jason Hardy from Catalyst Games. Hi, Jason. Hi, how's it going? Uh, Fantastic. How are you, sir? Just fine, just fine. Well, I guess the first thing is, Jason, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners, kind of give them some background, you know, all that good jazz. Sure. Uh, I'm currently the Shadowrun line developer for Catalyst Game Labs, so I work on everything Shadowrun related that Catalyst puts out, and it consumes my life. (laughs) Um, Before that, I did a lot of freelancing uh, for Shadowrun. I've done some freelancing for Battletech, wrote a few MechWarrior Dark Age novels. Wow. Wrote some Crimson Skies novels back in the day. That was fun. Oh, I miss Crimson Skies. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, that was uh, a fun setting to play around with. That was really fun. Wasn't there a battle? I just said fun like three times in three sentences. That was good. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I did some D20 work because every single person in the game industry did some D20 work for a while there. Well, makes sense. It was kind of the big deal, right? Yeah, that's where you could find work. I was going to say, I think it was the only deal at the time. (laughs) Right, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) I was still. I was always kind of amazed by uh, their decision to open source effectively the D twenty system. Um, it, it it always took me by surprise that you know they would do that. Yeah, I kind of would have liked to have heard those discussions. I mean, it worked out really well in the short run, mm-hmm. but it also kind of planted the seeds of its own destruction in that boom. So, uh, yeah, how much they anticipated that would happen and. If that was a bug or a feature, yeah, I would have been very interested to hear. Yeah, I guess I would kind of think that, you know, the logic would be is that it would stop competitors from having a viable business model, right? Because no one else could sell the books. Right. And then, well, or you'd have to pay the licensing fees or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, but then Pathfinder kind of, you know, t- took and gave away everything and still managed to make uh, make good money. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, my guess is it probably was a backfire scenario. Yeah. An unintended feature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh the changes throughout the years have yeah. probably not all gone the way they anticipated. I'm just guessing here, but just guessing. <laughs> just guessing. Well, I, I have to I have to ask. So you said you wrote for Crimson Skies. Are you talking back in the FASFA days or Yeah. When it got uh, moved over. Yeah, in, in the FASFA days they were going to uh release two trilogies of novels. Mm-hmm. Um and so they asked me to do one because the the original writer dropped out. So the editor called me up because I happened to know someone who works for FASA mm-hmm. and asked me if I could write a novel in 30 days. <laughs> wow. And I didn't have any children at the time, so I said, you bet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, cranked that out, and she was happy enough with it that she asked me to do another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did one for each of the trilogies that was supposed to come out, and I think they were supposed to come out and print like April of 2001 mm-hmm. and FASA closed February of 2001. Yep. Mm. That was a, that was a very, right. that was a very sad day. I'm just, just putting it out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, oh, no. The day FASA closed. That was, a, uh, that, uh, uh, they never came out in English. I, I have uh, pictures of the German edition of the books because they were still translated into German, but they never came out in English. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, on the plus side, you know, uh, people push themselves to do like the whole November writing a novel month. And so you can at least say you've done it, even if it wasn't in November. That's right. That's why I don't do it anymore because I said been there. <laughs> been there, done that. And, yeah. and mine was 90,000. I think for a national novel writing month, usually they're trying to get above 50,000. So right. yeah. I wrote 90,000 words. So take that, people. <laughs> <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown, listeners. <laughs> That's uh, actually that story is all too common in, in tie-in writing. Uh, you talk to tie-in writers and mm-hmm. or or people who freelance for games or almost anything, and you'll find at least one story where they just put out a ton of words in a short period of time. It just happens all the time. 
Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, I just think that that scares me a little bit. The thing that I mean, personally, I don't think I could write that many words in a month. I can write that many. Lo- no, I can't even do that. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I, I've been intrigued by the whole, you know, uh, National Writing Month thing for a while. And I've always thought it'd be something really cool to do. But I also expect I would never finish given the my general tenacity. Uh, you know, I, I get distracted by hey, something new shiny. I'm hmm? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so, I think that's know. part of the value of it, though, is, uh, it you know, a lot of people have that issue, and so mm-hmm. it kind of forces the concentration yeah, to right, see if yeah. you can make yourself do it. Yeah, kind of having this informal community set deadline to uh, to force you to pay attention, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I can only imagine the publishing houses on December 1st. <laughs> no! <laughs> Not again! <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, anyway. Sorry, we got a little bit off topic. Um, yeah, so maybe we should talk about something that happened this decade. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, if if we're going to, then we can't talk about Shadowrun. Because uh-huh. my first edition prints from Fassler, you know, a couple decades back that way. Uh-huh. In the opposite direction. Okay, well, let's go back in time again. <laughs> As you were talking about fifth Yes, exactly. That's actually what I, that was one of the topics I wanted to bring up. Um, when we were at Gen Con, that was the one thing I, I did not get to get a copy of is uh, the fifth edition. I instead went online and bought it through uh, Drive Through RPG. And I, I don't want to speak because I didn't get to play too much of fourth ed, but what are some of the big changes in fifth and kind of what brought those decisions from maybe changing some of the features from fourth? Well, when we were looking at fifth edition, we knew we had, or at least we believed we had a pretty good foundation with fourth, um, Mm -hmm. that fourth did a lot of things well, so we didn't want to go too far away from it. Uh, but there were also some tweaks we thought we could make just to put the system where we wanted it to be, and especially to emphasize uh, the character's own skills and attributes as being the things that made them awesome. Okay. So that if you're going to have a lot of dice, you need to have a high skill in something. That makes so sense. We tried to focus on that as much as possible. Um, you know, gear is great. We love gear in Shadowrun, but it sometimes can got, get a little overwhelming as just how much your gear does for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like the implants and whatnot. Yeah. Oh. So try to dial that back a little bit. Uh, and to that end, we introduced a new stat called Limits, and it's an extension of the way Force worked in Magic in Shadowrun 4, where oh. when you chose the force of a spell, that would limit how many hits you could count. Mm-hmm. So for every test, there is some limit that comes into play. Sometimes it comes from uh, the piece of gear you're using, like the gun has an accuracy stat. That's your limit. Other times it's based on a combination of your attributes. Oh, okay. Uh, That's So that means that gear a lot of the times can modify limits and affect that without having to add more dice. And so that lets us focus more on the dice pool coming from the skills and attributes like we wanted. Hmm. So that was one change. Um... The, the Matrix, we rewrote a lot. Um, a long-time problem with Shadowrun was that the, the Matrix often seemed like a separate game. Mm-hmm. And so when it's time for the Decker to kick in, everyone else went out for pizza or did something else because they knew they would have nothing to do for an hour or two. Now, I only did that once. I'm, I'm just saying I did have one of those moments where we actually did go out and get food. And when we came <laughs> back, it was still going. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I've heard that story a lot of times. And Shadowrun 4 made some very good strides in ending that, uh, but not all the way there. So we tried to change it to even push that farther so that the hacker is really right in with the party mm-hmm. and doing things. Uh, and we tried, tried to make the rules a little easier to understand in the 4th edition Matrix. Sometimes the 4th edition Matrix took uh, a very systems-oriented view in describing the matrix rather than a user oriented view and we figure players are users you want to know how you do things how you get things done and how you're going to interact with the matrix so oh yeah that's private from that angle i was gonna say that sounds a lot better i might not have to you know make sure that we don't have to run halfway across town to get food now right and hopefully you don't have to go anywhere that's one of my favorite stories talking to people who played fifth mm-hmm. was they started to go out and get some food and then they like came back to get their keys or something because they'd forgotten and the Decker's like, I'm done. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> After they recovered from their astonishment, they kept on playing. Oh, which is uh, what wow. we want. That that makes actually makes a lot of sense. So that was, that was always the biggest uh actually that was one of my primary reasons for never playing the hacker 
was I didn't want to be stuck in the solo role playing session with the storyteller for two hours and, yeah. and not get food. But I mean, if, one if, of my favorite parts of role playing is just the whole dynamic between everyone at the table. And if you don't get that dynamic, it's it's less fun. So so is the is the hacker more now? Um, I guess you said it's more uh, quick based. So did you so you really limited down like maybe it's like one or two roles instead of a whole series, right? Right. I mean, there's still some roles that are stacked on top of each other, but uh, they're quicker. So not as many roles and far less extended tests. Oh, there are a lot of things that they did that required you to hit a high threshold and do an yeah. extended test over and over. Almost all the extended tests in the hacking we got rid of. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> oh, has, man. There been, has there been any kind of outcry from the, you know, squadron of dedicated deckers that you had, you know, people that love the old system that really hate the new one? Um, there has been some. I mean, anytime you make change, there are people who like the old way better. Oh, yeah, change is bad. Change is right. very bad. Change is bad. Jason, change um, is bad. I want I want you to know this. Change is very bad. Uh, and, I, and I we, understand. We don't like change, Everything Jason. Should be the way it was. <laughs> Jason, when you release a new edition, all I want you to do is to give me new to, art. Give me new art and new lore. I don't want you to change anything. So <laughs> no, no, lore has to be the same. Just new art. No, we, lore has to go forward. No, no, in Shadowrun, lore has to go forward. No. Anyway, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard this conversation before. <laughs> um, uh, we're, yeah, we're mostly so, kidding. No, no, I, I, but I know how it goes. I, no, I, yeah, absolutely. And people get attached to systems, and I'm not going to hold a gun to anyone's head and tell them to stop playing Shadowrun 4 or Shadowrun 3 or Shadowrun 2 or Shadowrun 1. Mm-hmm. If they are still playing 1, I might ask them why, but... I, I know some people me. who still tell me if Elf isn't a class, it, does, it's not, it doesn't count as role-playing. So, you know, there's, there's strokes for all of them, right? Um, And and I'm asking why not an accusatory way just to find out because, you know, I'm really interested to know why you like that system so much, but that's okay. Um, But I've lost my train of thought now. (laughs) He was saying uh, the outcry, like how bad's the outcry been for the new edition? Um, I think of all the things that we did, the, the thing that got the most outcry probably was limits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit of a knee jerk reaction to say, if I rolled really well, if I've got a lot of fives and sixes there, I want to count them all. And I understand that. I, you know, love the reaction of being able to just count every single hit you got. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thought, first of all, that it would balance the game a little bit more, and that was important. And then we made sure that there are some mechanisms in there where you can use Edge to count all the hits you got. So if you had that great roll and you saw, oh, wait, I need to keep all those, you can do some, take some actions and let you keep all of it. Uh, so there have been people who don't like the limits and, and other things, and, and that's okay. People oh, yeah. have their differences of opinion, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're never going to have a group of people that can, that can agree, especially when you're talking about nerds on the internet, right? <laughs> right. Nerds on the internet, no, sir. I think it's just any time. I mean, I... Sorry, geeks. I didn't mean to insult nerds. Like I said, I, I remember going from th- I don't know. Yeah. from uh, third edition to fourth. Like I said, my fourth play experience was not as vast because my Shadowrun group actually kind of you know disappeared, uh, mainly because I moved you know here now. Um, Sorry but about that. It's okay. Um, so from third to fourth ed, I mean, th- there was a lot of people in our group who liked a ton of changes, but they didn't really like. A ton of like they liked a good bit of it, but there was still that that chunk that no one liked. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I can't remember now. But that's uh, what happens when you don't play a game for anyway. <clears throat> but yeah. but, it's, it's but to hit the sweet spot for everyone. You hope that you made it enough so that people are having fun with it. Um, you know, in general, the reception we've been very happy with how it's been received. So that's cool. But I know, like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. like like almost everyone that was the first one I played. Mm-hmm. And I have many, many fond memories of uh, how many hours I spent playing it. But then when I go back, I, was gonna, I, I, hope, like, I hope he was going to say how many hours he spent calculating Thacko. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thacko right there. I, when, when they got rid of it, made armor class be the target number. That was when I had the realization how badly my brain had been broken. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there's a more intuitive way to do it. And I didn't think of it until then. 
All right, now uh, now now I have to go try Shadowrun Fifth Edition just to see the changes just for the day. <laughs> so I mean that what I'm trying to say is that even the systems that I loved and had a lot of fun with, I go back with and I can see flaws. And and sometimes in my gaming group we rotate game masters, and so we have one who plays an older version of D and D. And I'm pretty sure I've been really annoying pointing out flaws at different times. <laughs> they do this. What it's edition just, of D and D is this again? Uh, this is uh, second. Ooh. Oh, I love second edition. It's my favorite, personally. <sighs> you can yeah, keep that to yourself. He, he enjoys it a lot, too. And there are some really cool aspects of it, and there are some other things that bug the living daylights out of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, that, that, that's true for anything, though. Right. And second and ed, I've already yeah. mentioned my, my second ed gripe. Back up. But, uh, but, I, but I'm having fun playing with it, so you know, even if there are minor annoyances, I can deal with it. Oh yeah, no. Well, it's it's, it's not about the system; it's about the group and having fun. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, in terms of lore wise, like how far did Shadowrun Fifth go into or past, uh, like Fourth Ed? And were there any like big storyline changes that you know you guys were maybe on the fence about and then finally pushed through? Um, we didn't want to shake up the universe too much, partly because there had been a big time jump from third to fourth, and we didn't want to do that again. We wanted to make it a little more smooth. Um, and we also didn't want to make people spend a whole lot of time getting readjusted to the setting. Mm-hmm. If you knew the setting, we wanted you to be able to just continue on and know it. And if you didn't know it, we wanted to not have as big a learning curve. Because when you got 20 years, 20 plus years of history out there, mm-hmm. if we had tried to dump everything about it into the book, then it would have been 800 pages instead of the sleek 480 it currently is. Mm-hmm. Quite, that's quite slimming. <laughs> right. <laughs> could we, could so, we get a 400 page book of just lore? <laughs> um, I know many writers <laughs> on my freelancing pool who would be jumping up and down to say yes, yes, and I'll write it for you right now, please. Thank you. <laughs> So what you're saying, Jason, is on Epic Turn, you're announcing the lore book for Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coming so, to so, Gen Con next year, ladies and gentlemen, by Jason. Yeah, are you looking for like the Cimmerillion of, of Shadowrun here? proposal now, and I will read it before next century. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, as you had said, you, you deal with everything Shadowrun. That's where I was going to segue into. I remember right before Gen Con, you know, Catalyst made the big announcement that they're dumping a lot into Shadow, the Shadowrun franchise. Um, you know, the the deck builder, you have a couple of, um, you know, digital games. The one's already out, Shadowrun Returns. And then uh, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I am wrong, there's also a board game, too, coming on the way. Yeah, a board game and a miniatures game. Oh, so even better. Okay, so um, so Animantra's game. So what? Um, I guess what was the focus uh, to shift and then suddenly do all these new products that I guess are not something we've seen from Shadowrun? Well, okay, that's not true. There was that toy line from WizKids, you know, the big tall miniature ones. But and we've seen video games of questionable success in the past. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I always thought they were fun. Yeah. Well, from the you know SNES game and the Sega game all the way up to the. The one you Xbox don't mention? Or, the, or the, not Xbox, it was the, the game that shall not be named. Yes, the yes. one that should not be named that's on um, a Windows system. Windows Live, yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was on a uh, console that uh, is about to rotate out in a couple yeah. of weeks, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to name that game either. That was that's, not Shadowrun. Right. Although yeah, it, I actually enjoyed playing it. Well, that's what I heard a lot of people say, is that as a game, it's not a terrible game. No, it's, it's just not, not Shadowrun. Yeah, that, that's fair. I was I, When I picked it up, I was expecting something else. Yeah. All right. I, um, I played the original Super Nintendo game like way back in the day, and then I got that, and I didn't know what Catalyst was doing. Oh, it kind of made me that, cry. I don't think that was Catalyst. I was still under Fast but Interactive at the time. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. Be, yeah. Ah, sorry, Jason. That's all right. All right. We uh, we didn't uh, deal with the, the game that won't be named. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Let, we will segue right past this portion yes. of the conversation. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'd always wanted to get people into more ways of playing Shadowrun because it's just such a great setting mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun to play in. So if you can have multiple venues uh, available that however people play, they can play Shadowrun, that would be great. But the opportunity wasn't always there. Um, the electronic license was tied up for a while. Mm-hmm. And so we had no control over it at all. And then Hairbrain Schemes uh, acquired that license 
let some things fade into the background um, and then relaunch. And that's what they did with Shadowrun Returns. Mm. And we were able and lucky enough to have a good relationship with Jordan Weissman over at Hairbrains Games and, and be able to talk a lot and plan and have a level of interaction that did not happen on certain previous games. Right. Um, and that's what happened kind of across the line is, is with the deck building game. Uh, we essentially had a group of people with great deck building experience come up and say, we love Shadowrun. We'd like to design a deck building game with you. Is that cool with you? And we said, yeah. <laughs> it's like someone comes up to you and like, we'd like to hand you something that we've done for you that you didn't know existed. Yeah, and it's going to be awesome. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> like, that was the hardest yes we ever said. When, yeah. Ooh, when you put it that way. So yeah, who and we got uh, to learn from some miniatures companies about how to do a miniatures game, and so that's helping us as we work uh, on the production of the Sprawl Gangers minis game. And then a board game is just something a lot of us catalysts wanted anyway, and if we mm-hmm. figure doing everything else, we'll squeeze that in too. Makes. So just a lot of just opportunities came up at the right time, and we decided that it was uh, the right time for Shadowrun to shine. Makes sense. I mean, uh, like I said, as you put it, and uh, you know, it's one of it's still one of my favorite settings for um, uh, more uh, urban or gritty setting has always been Shadowrun. Uh, it's a like I said, really good fluff. So I mean, I'm I'm glad to see you guys putting a lot of resources behind it, a lot of uh, capital, just because. I like Shadowrun, <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited the, to see more. <laughs> the mood and the energy of the whole setting is just so much fun, and just the the way they wrote, especially in those early editions, and the attitude mm-hmm. they put, and the fun they had writing, uh, just is addictive. It's great, and the visuals are so distinctive. Well, I, I wanted to kind of talk about the deck builder. Uh, who you said you got someone really that new deck building? Which uh, which which designer signed up with you guys? Uh, well, the, the group that designed it is called Fire Opal, um, and they had, uh, and I'm, I'm going to forget some of the names, so forgive me, but I'll, I'll look it up while I'm talking here, uh, but Rob <laughs> Heinsu is one of the guys who was working on it, who, you know, worked on um, D&D 3rd Edition, and then a lot of other games give me a second i'll just pull up a file and then i won't have to huh. talk off the top of my head they, they worked on 13th age heralds of chaos yeah. Yeah. yeah so jay schneider who's also been working on 13th age is involved mm-hmm. in it um and i'm trying to remember the names of the lead designers and and they're gonna have to kill me for me having a bad memory yeah it's okay <laughs> take your time um and if my computer was faster that would be something Fast computers. What are these things of which you speak? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's uh, that was that was another one I didn't get to try at uh, Gen Con because I I heard it was on the floor. But every time I came by the Catalyst booth, I never got to see it or hear about it. Instead, I picked up Cosmic Patrol. Well, picking up Cosmic Patrol, we won't fault you for that decision. No, no, we we we, we love Cosmic Patrol as a group. It's uh, it's a lot of fun to be able to make up over the top. Yeah, pulp error stuff like that. Well, they, they just have such a, a great slogan to pull you in as soon as you hear, you know, rockets, robots, ray guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of sold us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm in. At, at all three of them. So. You had me at ray guns, actually. So, I, <laughs> you know, death rays. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, so I didn't get to hear about. So um, I, I guess this is actually the time I ask like a real professional interview question is, can you tell me more about the deck builder? Like what's its style? You know, what, like, is it uh, more like uh, dominion, you know, randomization cards or more like Ascension, like buy from the middle. Yeah. More buy from the middle. Uh, it's cooperative. So you're all working together and there are obstacle cards that are put out mm-hmm. and they have different types of damage that, you need to put on them in order to eliminate them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're just going for generic damage. Sometimes there's magic damage, matrix damage, combat mm-hmm. damage. Mm-hmm. So between all the players, you need to work to get that damage out because if an obstacle card manages to stay out for an entire round, then it's going to come back and get you and oh, do damage okay. to you. So mm-hmm. you need to be eliminating them as quickly as possible. Interesting. Um, okay. 
one of the and then there's there's cards that you buy so there's a black market mm-hmm. and that's where you're going to pick up cards to enhance what you have and add to your capabilities and then there's also crossfire cards that just kind of throw some random events into the mix so different circumstances that you have to deal with as you're going along hmm. uh, one of the cool features about it is that it also has character advancement okay so you'll have a character card in the game and then there'll be a series of stickers included. And so when you finish a mission, you'll have a certain amount of karma and you can use that karma to buy a sticker based on whatever sticker you chose. So, so does, that, does that actually result in a permanent character boost across games? Yep. yep. Oh, so I can, okay. So are you guys going to then use that also? Are you guys going to do any organized play with it or is there going to be campaigns yeah, we want to do some organized play, uh, and then there'll also be in the box, uh, the initial box, it has some campaigns built up about how you can structure the different obstacles uh, to have a series of campaigns that'll get escalating difficulty, mm-hmm. and then we plan on having uh, future releases that will continue matching the difficulty as characters grow on. Oh, interesting. So so for like, for example, if I, at, let's say Gen Con, can I bring my character I've been playing in the group or is it more a static level across the board for the event? Um, I don't think we've fully planned how the organized play is going to work. Uh, I would like it to be that you could bring whatever character you had. Um, what we'd probably have to do then is control for what level of karma is allowable in certain events. So, you know, say that this is a, an event for characters of 50 karma or less. This mm-hmm. is an event for 50 to 100 karma or something like that. Maybe, maybe just set that as the hard limit. Right. So that's, yeah. um, once we get it finally out the door and that's where we're pushing through the very final production stages in the next three weeks or so. Oh, awesome. Uh, so once that's finally done, then we'll, think more about organized play just in time for con season because there should be plenty of copies available to people by the time the cons run around oh man i i will say i can't wait just uh i mean brian and i will both agree with this is we're we're a lot of we're big card players i'd say that's probably out of all the board games we own deck builder seem to be one of the most prominent ones in both our collections in terms of the most Oh yeah, don't shake your head at me. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to to you know get a get a hand get our hands on it as well. So well to you know sounds interesting. I like the idea of being able to carry over a character game to game to game. Instead yeah, of, um, I haven't seen that much, and so I'm interested in uh, in doing that and seeing it work out. And I fi- finally found the credits. So okay. uh, Gregory Marquez and Jim Lynn were the lead designers of the game. Nice. Then Mike Elliott, Rob Heinsu, Sean McCarthy, Jay Schneider, and Rob Watkins also were designers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you have some you have some very powerful names behind, yeah, that's behind the whole line. The, resumes, the games they'd worked on, we were very, very, very excited. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I will say right now, get awesome. Epic Spell Wars of uh, the Battle Wizards. Yeah, <laughs> the game is amazing. Anyway, sorry, sorry. We're actually looking at the... We went to um, the year of Shadow Run. We pulled it up, and the, you have the credits in there as well, where um, they mentioned some of the, the stuff they've designed. Ah, amazing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, they, they know their stuff, and uh, it's been really fun to work with them just to see how they go about their business and, and the fact that they've done this before, whereas mm-hmm. you know a lot of times I fe- feel like I'm just figuring out stuff and making it up on the fly. <laughs> Right, they know what they're doing, and it comes across in everything they do. Yeah, so it it sounds like sounds like it's going to be a good one. Um, I take it the for your uh, your sprawl gangers, that's going to be a cool mini or not by the looks. Yeah, uh, we're still working out exactly how that relationship's going to work out. Um, but they they've been very useful in guiding us through just the whole process because the trickiest part of any miniatures game is production. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean just sculpting alone is. Uh, non yeah. yeah yeah thank you but it's i mean we've between the BattleTech uh introductory box set and the leviathan's game that was uh, a cool catalyst game. has had 
not an easy time getting miniatures produced. <laughs> it's been very difficult to find manufacturers <laughs> who can work at the price we want and deliver when we want and, and not have huge headaches. So miniatures um, have been kind of your white whale? Yeah, well, I, uh, if you ever Battle talk tech. to Bills about Leviathans, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, Leviathans was a nightmare to produce that lasted for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time without, uh, without waking up. Yeah, well, when we didn't have it at Gen Con uh, 2011, because yep. it had already been demoed at 2010, and we could not get it in for 2011. Yeah, I, oh, Randall is a very stoic, mild-mannered guy usually. Uh, but, you know, it's tough to see a grown man cry, but there it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I remember to Gen Con 2012, uh, I had, we had walked into the dealer's room and I was, I was actually on my way because I was on my way to the Catalyst booth. And because I wanted to check out Leviathans because I unfortunately I, in 2011, I didn't I didn't get to pick up a copy and people were walking away with like two or three copies a piece of not only the base, but then all the expansions that were on sale. It was insane. And that's not a small box to be walking away with. No, 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 it's not. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, Randall it's, was very proud of the size of that box until he saw the ogre designers edition and. Then Leviathans looks puny. Well, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Now that's being a little unfair. I mean, I know. Just saying. I mean, the Ogre Designer box set is yeah. the most insane thing in the history of gaming ever. And I mean that with all respect. It's awesome, but <laughs> oh, completely, completely nuts. No, I agree. That's why I was about to say too. It's like good job, Steve Jackson. It's like I, I got nothing, man. Like that yeah. is that is amazing. <laughs> that that is complete and total dedication to a game and the gaming community. Yep. At the cost of sanity like and whatever out. else they had to give. All right, Brian, take a couple seconds. Look up Ogre. Okay. <laughs> from Ogre? Steve Jackson Games. <laughs> Uh, designer set it is the 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 most monstrous thing i've ever seen (laughs) and and i gotta admit leviathan like leviathan's just the the box was you know the box was big but the set the the concept behind it i i i loved it and i was gonna like i said i was trying to get a copy of it it didn't work out but uh luckily i had a couple buddies pick up some from uh gen con 2012 and i gotta admit guys that 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 is a fantastic product (laughs) i'm sorry that it's been the the white whale I, I wish I had been uh, working on it more just so I could glom off of its uh, glamour. But it is a really fun game to play. It goes as smoothly as any miniatures game I've ever seen. And the miniatures are just gorgeous. Oh, they they are. So, sorry, uh, Brian now just found the, the ogre pictures and he's kind of here mouth agape. So I apologize. <laughs> now look at Leviathan's. No, that, that's that. obscene. Yeah. <laughs> we were really impressed when they talked about Leviathans and said that it ships uh, two contain two units to a case. Yep. Wow. Ogre is one to one. One to one. Yep. Your case has one. Yep. <laughs> uh, Leviathan stuff looks pretty awesome too. Oh, it's the they're gorgeous. The models yeah. are great. The 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 rules are really intuitive. Sorry, Jason. I don't mean to that's, kind of geek out on you right. on this no, one. I, I love to do the dice mechanic. I thought was just really well done in that game in wow. yeah those Leviathan miniatures are, are beautiful uh, the whole thing is just amazing yeah I kind of want to just put it on a shelf <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and each of the base sets came with you know uh, was it it's uh, I forget how many ships come in the the two I think there's eight in the base there's eight in the base but I, I was talking about the, the the French and the oh and the fleet boxes yes yeah, the fleet boxes yeah is there four? Or, I forget. I think I it's four. Track one down, but at least four in, in each fleet box. Yeah. Oh, again, gorgeous stuff. Just, just absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous. No, it looks like it was a nightmare that paid off at least. Yeah. Well, it's the reception's been great. Um, but yeah, just the, the amount. Mm. One of the fun stories about the, the headaches that we went through was after all the problems with miniatures, the printing was held up. Because we were using a Chinese printer, and even though our map was of an alternate history Asia mm-hmm. at the turn of the 19th and 20th century, they didn't want us showing Taiwan as a separate country. Oh no! 
So we had to change the map so that Taiwan was not on there. <laughs> Just no. Everything that could happen with that thing happened. Yeah, there, there's some very bitter rivalries in, uh, in that whole discussion. I, I try to avoid it whenever possible. Yeah. What are we talking about? I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, even that, I mean, it, it's kind of funny whenever you, you know, we, we have long discussions about, you know, not, not just on the show, but, you know, off air is the, the craziness that happens when you do something like any kind of product. And mostly we, you know, the ones we discussed about is mostly from a Kickstarter perspective and it's your first time ever going into this world. Um, I can only imagine like on a, you, I mean, you know, you guys are larger than what most Kickstarters would be. And I can only imagine the, the headache and the frustration that happens when you get down to that, that wire and all of a sudden you have to back up and redo everything. Yeah, that uh, is not the best feeling in the world. Uh, and then this, you know, when there are delays that are out of your control, that messes with your head in a bad way. But there's sometimes there's delays and you realize that, oh, there's nothing I can do or, whoops, I made a mistake. And now I have to delay it because I was dumb. Okay. Luckily, that one doesn't happen often. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> like, how but, do you guys uh, usually yeah, get there's... Oh, sorry. I remember when I was uh, writing a MechWarrior Dark Age novel mm-hmm. and I'd already drafted up the whole manuscript and I think we were in proofing mm-hmm. when someone said the battles in these three chapters completely violate what's already been t- discussed in canon. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's alternate like, universe, guys. Alternate universe, yes. Oops. So... <laughs> It was just a quick, quick, quick tear down and rebuild to try to get as much of the structure in there that was already in place to stay mm-hmm. while uh, fitting the cannon back into it. That was a very panicky couple of days. Well, see, now that's what that's what I'm going to ask now is, you know, there are some companies that have people that all they do is, you know, keep lore in check. Of course, I'm mainly talking about LucasArts. Um, but do does Catalyst avoid all the jokes on that one? Yeah, that's okay. So, yeah. do you guys happen to have someone that basically that's their primary job is to make sure that anything that's produced stays in line and doesn't you know contradict other material that's already been published? Um, we try to use the community for that as much as possible. So we have the freelancers first of all, and and we have a good sized freelancer pool and the knowledge depth of some of the freelancers is incredibly impressive. Mm -hmm. And so they're very good about working uh, together and about reviewing each other's materials and, and giving comments. So they're kind of the first line of defense and then we also have a group of proofers, and they have pretty good knowledge too. So we use them as much as possible to catch anything. Uh, but then that's part of my job too, is to try to catch as much as I can, as imperfect as I am. Well, hey, as long as you guys have someone that does it, I mean, that that's better than you know, you know, turning a blind eye and just publishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and go, yeah, uh, yeah. That 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 was because that this one random dude walked into a bar one time and shot the other random dude, and that's how that person died. <laughs> right. Yeah. You well, tried. Uh, you, get, mean, you get you get to the Doctor Who territory there, where you're literally stepping on your own plot episode to episode. <laughs> and that's uh, we're not perfect, and, and <laughs> all of us, everyone, even the most knowledgeable in the pool, have made occasional mistakes, but. The mm-hmm. fact that we have people willing to look at each other's material and, and straighten it out helps us stay pretty close, at least. No, that's no, and that's very important. I, I guess there's the you know the two major ends of the spectrum, right? The and the other one being where you have the guy with the Bible whose word cannot be misspoken, right? Yeah, and if you know if I had that guy, I I wouldn't object to having that guy, but uh, yeah, uh, Shadowrun right. so vast, and there's so many seemingly contradictory things out there already that it's tough to find one person who has all that knowledge <laughs> i know what my new job's gonna be the shadow run guy <laughs> could you imagine the the like nice leather bound book you could take to cons what are you talking about did you not see the collector's edition of shadow run fifth edition it was nice fair enough fair enough that was that big <laughs> rather that big leather red rather 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 i was trying to say red and leather the at the same time <laughs> yeah that was that book that was gorgeous Yes. <laughs> Six big pounds on that sucker. Oh, wow. I, I picked one up and I was like, oh, my. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could not believe it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, was stunned. Even though I worked on the whole book 
end to end to actually see that and hold it and see what we'd all come up with, I was kind of surprised. Now, do you have a personal copy for yourself on the shelf? Please tell me you do. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, I'll read to say. It's not allowed to be opened. Ever? <laughs> I, well, I open it occasionally just to look at what number is on the individual number page, but then I put it back. Okay, now I get to ask what number's on it. One. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so all you collectors out there, you're never going to get number one. Well, and it's on the shelf next to my other treasured rare edition of Shadowrun 5, and that's the Brony edition. The what? Okay, I have not heard of this. I have to Google image search right now. You- uh, sadly, if you Google image search, it'll probably come up because there's a few pictures of it circulating out there. I did not know that existed. Uh, it shows the dedication of people at Catalyst toward a joke. Very, very dedicated. I once, very <laughs> innocuously, back in Gen Con 2012, mentioned that I'm not fond of the word brony. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against bronies. I have nothing against My Little Pony. I just don't like the word. I don't like pretty much any word where bro is combined with something else. <laughs> Man, we uh, should have told him this was going to be a bro show. That would have been awesome. Sorry, go, go <laughs> First rule of the bro code. <laughs> Sorry, um, go ahead. So people at Catalyst took it upon themselves to put the word in front of me as often as possible, mm-hmm. uh, even managing to get Shadowrun 5 codenamed Project Brony so that our distributors were calling it that too. <laughs> wow. Uh, but that, that was only part of the dedication to the joke. When uh, we were at Gen Con this year, mm-hmm. we did what we often do, and that's uh, provide pizza to the Game Masters to thank them. And so I was standing on a table in the Shadowrun gaming area just announcing to the Game Masters that, you know, we think they're awesome and we would like them to have pizza. And then uh, the president of the company, Lauren Coleman, came up on the table with me to present me with my copy of the Brony edition of Shadowrun 5. They had made a special cover of the book (laughs) that has a My Little Pony done in Shadowrun style. So it's got a cyber hoof Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all that. Did he give you a little purple uh, plushie at the same time? He gave me a big purple plushie at the same time. Yeah, we found your photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the one. And uh, so, yeah, that that was my special treat for coming out with Shadowrun 5. <laughs> so there, I, I, there's somewhere between 12 and 18 copies of the Brony edition because that was the minimum number they could do to put the different cover on there with the printer. So <laughs> you are floating out there somewhere. Now, now here's awesome. the thing. Are people requesting you guys to get in more of the Brony edition? Occasionally people who have seen it say, yes, where can I get one? But more commonly the reaction I see is kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. That, okay. Yeah. That, that yeah, that's, see, people, that's some reason people don't think Shadowrun and my little pony go together. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I can understand their sentiment, but it's still pretty hilarious. Yeah, well, that's certainly what the people at Catalyst thought, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just found pictures of the card game. Yeah, that looks really neat. I like the whole character card. Sorry, we're we're having to kind of look at some of the... Oh, wow, okay. Oh, there's more pictures of you. Uh, and, and more uh, brony pictures. Oh, oh, there's you hugging the bronies. That's, that, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yes. Cool. That's what hugging a My Little Pony is. That's the word for it. You, you, you look so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, decking is magic. Decking is magic. <laughs> they went all out. The art director like, spent all day learning what the specifications are for drawing My Little Pony correctly so he could do the cover right. That's uh, awesome. That's great. And, and and when he tells the story of the full day he spent, his eyes grow wide. And, and he's got really wide eyes anyway, but his eyes grow extra wide. And you can see the little part of his soul that died that day. <laughs> there is any My Little Pony fans listening at this time. You will find the pictures in the show notes. You will find everything we're talking about in the show notes. <laughs> along, along with emails to everybody you can email to get your own copy. <laughs> I mean, get your own copy. I mean, tell them how much you want one. Yes. Right. yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I see, I see uh, you know, Gen Con 2013, limited edition run. 20, you mean 2014? 2014. God, the year has gone by so fast. Oh. Anyway, 2014, limited. A limited edition run of the MLP version. 
I hope so. I, I, I got to pick up a copy for a couple of friends. Yeah, I, 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 have, I have some friends that would love it. Sorry. Yeah, anyway. Like, like the rules inside are exactly the same. We, as far, their dedication to a joke goes far, but not as far as rewriting the whole darn book. Oh, no, that would have been even better. <laughs> that would have been epic, but yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah you, you can do half of it with like search and replace. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. You could. Yeah. Just, replace, just that it would just break layout. Yeah, but, no, yeah. Just, just replace all the proper names. With a with brown pony, pony. yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Jason. So, so, okay, so, uh, uh, sorry, I'm still looking at the pictures, and in I my think mind, I have is, to hide this window, or he's not gonna be able to concentrate. Oh, uh, anyway, so aside from Shadowrun, because that's what you eat, breathe, and sleep. Like you said, it, it is your, it is your job, it is your focus, it is, I guess, your your opus. In a sense? Uh, not really, but reason to talk. Well, yeah, yeah, fair enough. What do you what do you um what are you playing outside of Shadowrun? Or is this where you get we get told I always play Shadowrun? Uh no, not always. Um I I'm a big board gamer and that's one reason I want to come out with the, the Shadowrun board game mm-hmm. is uh, I love all sorts of board games. Uh Arkham Horror is fun. I'm trying to get more games to Zombicide in. Mm. Uh Kingsburg and Pillars of the Earth are games I like a lot. Nice. Um, role playing. I mentioned that one of the game masters in my group likes to do second edition D and D, and then uh, another one has his own homebrew system, and he's got one superhero version of it, one D and D version of it, and apparently also has a Star Wars version of it. So we're going to be doing that in the very near future. Awesome. So looking forward to that. Okay, is it a fun system? Uh, yeah, it is a good system. Nice. Well, you know. Uh, he has a buddy in Catalyst. Maybe Catalyst should. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the first time he's heard that joke. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I think that's probably. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jason. No, I, he's uh, mentioned that to me before, but he's freelanced some for us. So, you know. Uh, that's great. I'm getting him into the system. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, we, you haven't really talked much about the Shadowrun board game. Uh, what type of board game would you describe it as? It's going to be more in the Euro game mold. Um, Area one, control, I hate you. I mean, which one? Uh, one of the your reference points we keep thinking of is Lords of Waterdeep. Okay. Because that did a good job of taking the Dungeons & Dragons flavor, mm-hmm. but taking you a step up in the action so that you're the person sending out the adventurers instead of actually going on the adventures. But it mm-hmm. did a really good job of integrating the flavor throughout the game. And so we're looking at uh, a corporate level game where you are a corporate Mr. Johnson sending shadow runners on runs against each other to try to weaken other people's corporations and get them to the point where you can take them over. Ooh, so screw your neighbor. Right. It's I hate you. Copy cooperative. No, I hate you. I hate you, right? It's yeah. I hate you. Yeah, it's yeah. I cooperative, I hate you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So when's that going to be out? Just, just saying. I, I need a cooperative. I hate you game. Don't have a firm release date on that yet. Um, sometime in 2014. Maybe Gen Con. That would be awesome if we could pull it off. But I am not committed to that right now. That's fair. That's, That's fair. fair. We're not. We're not trying to fish it. It's just more like hmm, Gen Con next year. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's it goes without saying every company would love to have something awesome to come out with. Yeah, I would love to have it there. Uh, we should have at least Crossfire and the big Shadowrun intro box set. So I'm nice. excited about that too. I'm sorry. That, that actually cut out. What was that last one? Uh, the Shadowrun intro box set. Oh, awesome. That's going off to press really soon. Sweet. So that should be a lot of fun to just get people yeah. in without uh, – if, if you think the 480-page book is maybe a little big, <laughs> this is a little more streamlined and can get you playing very quickly. So it's the Diet Coke of, uh, of Shadowrun. Still tasty, yes. <laughs> I was wondering if, what the response was going to be on that. I don't know. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I had a you know, Austin Powers moment run through my head. Yeah, that's why I figured. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway. So out of all these different flavors of Shadowrun, is there any that, you know, you we haven't talked about enough? Or is there any that we've missed? Um, or is there I one that's your favorite? Main things, I mean, we did mention Shadowrun Returns, and mm-hmm. uh, the Berlin setting of that should be coming out early next year, so I'm excited to see how that's going to look. They showed some screenshots at Gen Con that look very cool. Nice. Oh, awesome. Or the decaying old world grandeur as opposed to the grit of Seattle, so uh, they should look very cool. Oh man, going to Berlin. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Um, but yeah, I think we've covered most of the things. We've touched briefly on Sprawl Gangers. The rules on that are actually in pretty good shape. Hmm. So they've been play tested uh, for a few rounds, so they're just getting their final touches. Oh, nice. Is it going to be a, a typical, um, like you're playing, um, are you, is it going to be the old like Whiskey style where you're playing one guy or are you going to have multiple miniatures or is it objective control? It's multiple miniatures. So you're going to be controlling the gang. Okay. And so you'll be going to war over different gang territory and occasionally hiring a shadow runner if you can afford it to bring a little extra oomph to your gang. Sounds pretty uh, but cool. There'll also be campaign aspects to it so that things you gain in one game will have an effect on the next. Nice. That sounds pretty cool. It seems like you're trying to do this whole persistent growth uh, theme through multiple of the multiple games. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good way that role playing works, and it's one of my favorite parts of role playing. Uh, whether it's computer or tabletop, is seeing your character grow and getting more powerful. And so, if we can put that into other games, I, I like that aspect. Sounds pretty be, neat. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. interesting how to play. I can't think of too many games that have done that, and I don't know if I've seen any that have really done it well. Not not like in terms of execution. The only one I could think of is like way back in the day it was Hero Quest because you actually kept a character pad with you and you kept your stats tracked. Yeah, but that's the only one I can think of right now. And it's arguable that I didn't do it well. <laughs> anyway, Jason, um, <laughs> we'll do it in a way that'll make people happy. <laughs> I think that's the primary goal of anything is to make sure everyone is happy. Episode Indeed. four. Yeah. The golden rule. Make yeah. sure everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah make sure yeah. everybody's having fun. Everyone's having fun and being happy. Hopefully Jason's having fun. Jason, you go you okay over there, buddy? I'm having plenty of fun, you bet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the forced teeth on that one. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um so you know, and I know there's also what Shadowrun Online, that's the other big computer initiative that you guys are working on. Yeah, that's uh, Cliffhanger Productions is uh, working on that and uh, that has the advantage of being set at the same time as the Shadowrun 5th edition, so it's in the 2075 Ooh. Uh, era, where Shadowrun mm-hmm. Returns is 2054. Mm-hmm. So that gives us a lot of opportunities to play off each other in plot lines. And so we've uh, been sharing freelancers and communicating back and forth, and there should be a lot of fun ways that our game can affect them and their game can affect us as things move forward. And See, I like hearing that. Yeah. That is awesome. I don't think I've seen that for many of the video game uh, the paper crossovers uh, that other companies have tried in the past. Well, as we're finding out, there are some tricks to doing it. And it's not the process, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it's, it's not it's not completely seamless, huh? No, no, nothing is. But <laughs> it's, it's fun to do, and and they're they've been great to work with, and uh, good at coming up with ideas, and good at working with the ideas we send their way. So it's been fun. Yeah. Okay. I will say this right now, Jason. I'm I'm excited for next year of Shadowrun and going forward. The year of Shadowrun. This year, the years of Shadowrun. Just because. Thank you. Glad to hear it. I'm excited too. Oh, and I didn't mention the novels. We got novels coming out too. Okay, okay. You got it. You got to quit. You got You can only feed me a little bit at a time, Jason. A little bit at a time. <laughs> no, no. This is a force feeding session. <laughs> I got I got the full crack buffet here. I got it all. Uh-huh. Hold on. All right. Novels. Novels. All right. That was so it. The first novels, one yeah. is getting its final polished job on it, so we'll hope to see it soon. And then we've actually got the other two manuscripts all lined up and pretty much done. So we're hoping to have three manuscripts out pretty quick. So it's going to be, yeah, for me, it's going to be your shadow run. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I like to hear it. So yeah, it looks like Gen Con next year, Crossfire. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some of these some of these things <laughs> look really cool. Uh definitely have to give them a shot. Yeah. Most definitely. Can't wait. Hopefully then, you know, next up next time we uh we talk about Shadow Round, hopefully it's gonna be reviewing some of the uh the new products. That'd be kinda cool. That'd be awesome. I very much hope so. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh we'll open the floor yeah. and uh Is there anything else you'd like to plug? If you like to plug, talk about um you can tell us what you have for dinner if you want. <laughs> I, I accept haikus. Yeah, haikus are also uh, very acceptable here. Mm-hmm. No, I want to hear your recommendations. If I if there's something I'm not playing that I should be playing, what should I be playing? Oh man, mm, uh, that's a, that's a rough one for us. Uh, I, we recently got a copy of Trains. Um, so if you like Trains the Euro, is yeah, Trains yeah, is amazing. So it, Trains is like a it has the Euro gaming control like area control elements mixed in with a deck builder, which I thought was really different but kind of cool. Um, what about you, Tim? What I'm playing right now, um, 
the Pathfinder Curry game was really cool. I, I have not had a chance to try it yet. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I haven't gotten to that too. How does that go? Oh, that's, that's cooperative, isn't it? It's it's a lot of di- it's a little bit different. You do these adventures and you're a it, band of adventurers, mm-hmm. so you get to it is keep very track. Character driven. It is very character driven, but not in the sense of. I mean, it does carry over, I guess. I don't know because there's only one story pack out, so there's not much to kind of go mm-hmm. off of yet. So yeah, I know, I know, several people where we work have been uh, playing it a lot too, and they seem yeah. to really like it. Which they are not the type of people I would normally say would play these kind of games necessarily. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty cool to see them doing it. Yeah, uh, it's great if you can tap into a different audience. Yeah, um, um, RPG wise, I think right now we're all playing Pathfinder to kind of. Yeah, I've been running a Pathfinder campaign for the last couple of months, and so far no one's died. I feel like I failed as a DM. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, I've never heard of Pathfinder. No, right, oh, right. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. That's sorry, D20. sorry, generic D20. Um, <laughs> uh, I've also been reading uh, Numenera, the new Monty Cook game, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, very fast-paced, uh, not uh, not very rule-heavy, which I'm yeah. enjoying. So, Tim, you're probably going to hate me because I haven't talked to you about this yet. There's a game I want to try. This is not the moment to bring it up when we have guests on the show, Brian. Of course it is. Um, I want to try Twilight Imperium. Twilight Imperium is amazing. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah, it's amazing. For what I understand, especially with the full table, we need like six to 12 hours. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How, about um, we, how about we just get a copy of Leviathans? <laughs> see? Uh, yeah, I see yeah. what you did there. Yeah. No, but, uh, okay, so, you know, I've, I've always been a real big fan of the 4X computer games, right? Right. And so I read this big article about how 4X board games, and it used Twilight Imperium in most of its examples. So I really want to get that a shot now. Eclipse. Uh, Eclipse. Imperium. <laughs> Eclipse is my, amazing. My recommendation with Twilight Imperium, based on my experience, is Uh-oh. don't play every expansion at once the first time you play it. That, that's actually <laughs> no, that's actually a very good tip because I've seen people do it, mm-hmm. and that's then what's happened to me. Someone said, You're, "We're going to teach you how to play this game, and here's every expansion." And oh, yeah, boy. my head completely collapsed. I was going to say either you collapse or you're not going home that night. You're sleeping on some, you're sleeping on the floor of some dude's couch. The floor. We didn't finish the game and we're like four hours into it. When the person who was teaching it to us said, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you this rule. And it was kind of an important rule about how you can construct uh, space units. Oh no. (laughs) So, so we need to start slow and build our way out. Oh yeah. I must definitely. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we know what's going on the next order. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see, uh, anything else we're playing right now? Actually, we're kind of... Well, you know, there's, there's, there is there's is one thing. Uh, you haven't had a chance to play it too much yet mm-hmm. because you, you keep wimping out. Yeah, I've been sick. Yeah, yeah. thanks. But, um, well, you know, what can you say? But um, have you played Cutthroat Caverns? Uh, no, I haven't played that one. So Cutthroat Caverns is your group of adventurers going through a dungeon. And you're trying to come out... The person who makes it out of the dungeon alive with the most prestige wins. And um, you get prestige by last hitting monsters in the dungeon. So you're kind of like screwing over your friends as you go and fight these giant bad guys. And you're, because you're trying to get the last hit and stopping them from getting the last hit. And if you heal them, you know, it can give you prestige. And you're, you know, you're, it's just back and forth. If it's, you're, you have to be cooperative enough where you can beat the monsters. Cause if you try to solo it, you're going to die. So it's this weird mix of uh, cooperative screw your neighbor. Yes. Okay. It really is. <laughs> to turn your knife on their back at the right time. That's cool. Yeah. So I've really been enjoying it. It's you know uh, it, it's a lot of fun, and they even have these little adventure modules where you can pass around the the book narrating. It's like a choose your own adventure board game. So uh, I don't know. I've just been having a lot of fun with it. I imagine you have the need to have the right group for that. Yeah, well, yeah, that goes with any game where you can That's screw true. your neighbor. Yeah, uh, well, not even right. screw your neighbor, but board games in general require a certain audience. Like, you know, if you don't like fantasy, you're not going to want to play generic D20. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was just talking more in general that when you're when you're dealing with a something that's not purely cooperative, and it's, yeah. it's definitely a, a hey, I can backstab you moments. You have to make sure you have a group that can handle that. Oh yeah, that you don't get the offended person that I never know. wants to come over again. Yeah, hey. like like Jason, he's not going to come back over after we keep talking over him. It's a podcast, isn't that how it goes? Yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll pass the talking stick. Is <laughs> a talking stick? Um, I'm holding a screwdriver as I can. Actually, since Jason brought up Arkham Horror at the very beginning of the show, mm-hmm. um, 
I, I'm really excited for Eldritch Horror. Like that's mm. that's my new my next to pick up game in terms of like board game wise. Anything that has the word Cthulhu anywhere in the description, he's all over. So don't 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 worry about. Buzz, I, it looked cool from what I saw of it. I didn't get a chance to look to see what made this version more distinct, but just the fact yeah. that it is. The demo tables were pretty busy. Horn has Cthulhu got me interested. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. See, so Jason. Jason yeah. understands. Jason yeah, understands. No, I'm just giving oh, yeah. you a hard time, man. Yeah. Now, the 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 demo tables were always really full at Gen Con, so I didn't have a chance to to uh, check it out. I did. Oh yeah. You, you, you. I will say, um, in terms of Arkham Horror, it plays a little bit like Arkham Horror. Horror. Hoyer, uh, Arkham Horror, because you're still traveling between locations. You're still, you know, you're still trying to close locations. You're still fighting the Elder Gods. Um, you know, you're still trying to make sure everything's the world is safe to ensure that the elder God does not wake up. Um, the, the mechanic of traveling to locations either by, uh, by train was a little weird. Um, but you know, just like any kind of demo station when you, when you get mm-hmm. at, at Gen Con or anywhere, really, they give you like a, a very basic rule set to play with. So you don't actually get to experience the full game. So, but the little bit I played uh, made me, you know, really happy because it reminded me of Arkham Horror with some new things on top of it. So, it it's it's interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I will have to find some time to try it out. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have to. Um, I'd say the only other thing, uh, since you're a Cthulhu fan, is uh, I I was talking to the guys at uh, uh, Arc Dream, and they're talking about a new uh, edition of Delta Green is in the works, which mm-hmm. was oh, okay. great. Which you know, that's for me. That's a that's a pretty big deal. I'm a yeah. big Delta Green fan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that'd be interesting to look at. Yeah. Okay, and I think I have one last question for him. You have a question? Well, kind of a question. So last week we talked about superstitions in board games and and gaming in general. And um, I was wondering if you could share what what is your biggest superstition. When it comes to gaming for like, you know, getting good luck out of the dice or, you know, making sure the cards treat you nicely, that kind of thing. Uh, heavier dice are better. Heavier dice are better. We, that is not one we talked that about. That is not one we heard at all. No. Yeah. Heavier dice Lighter are better. dice just kind of fly out of your hand weird and kind of bounce weird and that just gives them more chance to hit a bad number. Heavier dice are solid and will treat you nicer. <laughs> I love it. I love That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> No, that's actually that I have never heard that one before. Ever. No, that's that's great. I, that's I've great. always heard you know larger dice are better. I've heard you know uh, you know Smaller freezing dice, dice yeah. or crushing My, dice, but no. no, you gotta you gotta have a good weight in your hand. So when you shake them, they're all getting mixed up and they fall solidly on the table. It's important. I, I don't know I, if I want. I, I'll, I'll say this from speaking from playing Shadowrun. I don't think I want to do that with Shadowrun. Because that might dent tables if I have really heavy <laughs> D6s. What do you want those like solid bronze D6s? Oh, God, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I've got some iron dice, some uh, metal D6s. I don't have a whole handful of them, but I mix them in with my other ones sometimes. Okay. okay, I was about to say, if you have a whole handful of iron D6s, what is your table made out of? <laughs> I get some calls from the neighbors. That wouldn't work out too well. <laughs> You're waking up the kids downstairs. <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway. um, so um, I, I guess it's about time to wrap it up. Unless you got any last words you'd like to depart, any words of wisdom? Oh, I have so little wisdom. No, no, just you know, play games and do cool stuff. That's about all I got. Play games, cool, do cool stuff. I think that's uh, I think <laughs> yeah. that's that's yeah. important. Yeah. yeah, I can I can roll with that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on, Jason. I'm going to pass it off to Tim here to do our our outro. Yeah. Again, Jason, thanks so much, man. Um, Thank you very much for having me. It's fun. Yeah, we're. I'm, I'm looking forward now to the next year of Shadowrun and the year's forward. So this mm-hmm. has been awesome. Yeah, uh, I never really had a chance to get too involved in Shadowrun uh, because of the medium it was going over. So it's going to be kind of cool to try it out to try out all these different flavors. It's like ben, I hope you'll enjoy it. It's like Ben and Jerry's or you know Baskin Robbins. Oh, if we're at all like Ben and Jerry's, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go with Cold Stone. You know, I get a little bit of get a little bit of deck building, a little bit of board games, get mixed into a game night. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with this being compared to any ice cream. Honestly, it's yeah. good. That's fair, fair enough. Fair Done. Enough. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, guys, Shadowrun is is ice cream. That's all. I, that, if you if you've listened to this podcast, <laughs> TLDR, Shadowrun is yummy ice cream. Mm-hmm. Endorsed by Jason Hardy. Absolutely. See, there we go. (laughs) 
All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Epic Turn. You can find our show notes at epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash 17. You can find us at Epic Turn. You can find Brian at Kelton or myself at Telshin. Um, Please don't forget. Please don't forget to do this, but please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. We always love hearing, uh, love seeing the ratings and love getting the feedback. Until next time. Have some oh. epic turns. Oh, wait. wait what? One sec. Uh, Jason, where can people find you online if you want them to find you at all? Uh, we got the Catalyst Twitter feed at Catalyst Game Lab and also the Shadowrun Facebook page is updated a lot. And you can always go to uh, ShadowrunTabletop.com for the blog and other updates. Boom. Sounds good. All right, guys. So I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> sorry yeah, okay no terrible i know it was terrible i'm sorry about you know i i just had to put this out there though to all this talk about ben and jerry's you know how they have like stephen colbert's american dream yeah i think it's i, I think it's jason hardy's decking his magic <laughs> <laughs> see every time you do something like that the people that did the brody joke win is that what you want <laughs> I mean, if you're going to put it in print, you're, you're, you've already hurt yourself. No, I know, I know. no they, they've, they've already I've won. It's too late for this. A long time ago, so I understand. I, I was thoroughly, thoroughly defeated. It's, it's cool. I'm, I'm going to say this right now: is on the on on here. Where can you find Jason Hardy? And I'm, all we're going to do is put the pictures up from Gen Con. This is where you can find him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. At Gen Con, hugging a pony. <laughs> With a copy of the Brony edition of Shadowrun 5. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish I should I, point oh, out okay. that I was hugging the pony because a bunch of people were taking pictures and they're all going, now hug it, hug it. <laughs> sure, sure, Jason. On their runway. That's all that's happening. Uh-huh. I'm sure, Jason. It's okay. <laughs> it's cool, man. We're off there. We've cut the recording. <laughs> no, 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 we're still recording. This might make it into the outro. We don't know. <laughs> So it's okay. You can you can let everybody know now that you loved hugging the pony. It's okay. Well, it is in a special place at my house, and and yes, I did. See, see, there we have, have it captured. Have a girl who was born the same month that we sent Shadowrun Five off to press, and so I'm looking forward to her playing with that a lot. Awesome, oh, that's dude. Great. That is that's epic. Great. That is great. And if it's a little girl, trust me, she will. I have a, I have, oh, yeah. a, I have a young daughter as well. She loves my little pony. So, although she's lately been moving off to. Uh, Doctor Who, so I feel like I'm succeeding in geek parenting. Oh, yeah. Ed, that is doing the job yeah. right. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You should have started her off with the old D&D cartoons from the 80s. <sighs> Just saying. That's what I would have done. Well, go have your own kids. You yeah. can screw them up in your own special way. <laughs> uh, no. This is, she's mine to screw up in my special way. With my little pony. All right. <laughs>